on social media for posting this? Do we have to spell porn with a zero? Yeah, or else, or, or else they'll sense they'll like it won't get any views. Yeah. Okay. But also, like, pretend we're classy and just say gothic erotica. There you go. Nah, I like goth. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just call it the gothic fuck volume one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's get into this fucking sleaze. God, I can't wait to take a break from sleaze for just a... It's true, we've been sleezing real hard. I feel so, so, so bad for you guys. It's like, I don't know how your brains are functioning, really. I feel the balance is when I'm driving to the music box every night, I listen to Muppet Christmas Carol and the Oklahoma Broadway soundtrack (laughs) to balance out my stuff. Makes perfect sense. Uh, I, I'm starting to feel like the lady in a woman's torment about sex right now. So <laughs> I, I, I'm so numb to watching sex at this point. <laughs> oh, yep. All right. Well, welcome back, friends. Um, as we said, we're taking a little Franco break for the month of October to get spooky. But don't worry, because we're still sleazy. Yeah, so. it's a transitional episode. We, It's like an alcoholic going sober too quickly you know you could die so we have to- <laughs> <laughs> yep. so today we're doing a episode one of what will be a two-parter maybe more eventually but we're talking about gothic porno movies yeah, an episode <laughs> will's been dying to do for it's true exception of this so yeah, John was very sweet in a moment of high stress and said, all right, I've got an idea, but you can't send me like 50 titles. If you can get it down to 10, then we can do <laughs> gothic, right. you know. So here we are, and we're joined again. Um, we are welcoming back Olivia Wilkie to the show. Yay, happy to be here. <laughs> we only invite you for the... the the highest class of things. I love that. It's it's very on brand for me. So, <laughs> Good. Um, all right. Before we get into it today, we'll do our our usual rundown. We have two screenings coming up next month. Um, one, the details are still getting ironed out, but at a pizza place that has also a movie screen set up, we're going to show Mansion of the Living Dead with her buds at Severin. Another Franco, and then on October, on November 28th, um, we're showing Practical Magic and Vampiros Lesbos with Ramona Slick, uh, who's going to do a performance inspired by Vampiros Lesbos also. Um, and then in December, I forget the date, 12th maybe, John, I think? Yeah. <laughs> December 12th. Um, yeah. And it'll be on the website soon, but we're doing... Freddy Got Fingered and The Idiots for oh, our uh, December highs and lows to get you ready for Christmas so you have things to talk about with your family. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that's, uh, this is how movie wants to send us off. That's how we're going to that's how we're going to end it. <laughs> that's right. uh, soon to be without movie. Who needs them? That's right. That's right. Just like the movies we're going to talk about today, we don't need the condom of movie for highs and lows. No, no, no. no. no, no. no, no. 
No, we don't need any website formally titled the auteurs. <laughs> That's right. Um, because today we're gonna talk about some real auteurs. So <laughs> um, and you know, join the Patreon if you want to. That's cool. Um, we do, we keep getting new people, so thanks to everyone who's signing up, including Olivia, which you didn't need to do that, but thank no, you. No, I wanted to. <laughs> I love I love supporting you guys. Too nice to us. Yeah. Um, uh, do you want to hype your upcoming shows before we dive into it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yes. So at the Music Box, uh, we are going to be showing another porn, which is apt for this this episode, um, by Roberta Fenley, who we're going to talk about later. Uh, Anyone But My Husband on the 18th and the 26th pretty sure i got those dates right and you could just go to the music box website and it'll be it'll be there buy tickets very excited for that i've only got to see a couple finley movies in theaters with humans so i'm excited to watch that with people it'll be fun yeah it'll be a blast yeah (laughs) um (laughs) all right well we're gonna go through five different films today we're trying to the goal here when john forces me to try to be a semblance of a professional about this is to pick 10 movies that give a good slice of this uh shockingly large subgenre um and hopefully get y'all interested in maybe checking them out and watching more of them um but yeah so we're gonna we're gonna kick it off with a movie called bacchanal from 1970 um this was originally playing at the music box on the 17th but the uh, print is MIA at the moment. Um, so we've now switched to Through a Glass Darkly. Liz Perchell is hosting. Um, if you like very intense, dark <laughs> horror movies from the 70s, where also people have sex, then you will love it. And we'll be covering that movie in the second half of this. Um, but yeah, so we're starting with Bach and All. This is John and Lemma Marrow, who were two amazing brothers um, who actually started um, out with Michael and Roberta Finley when they were all young. Um, they worked on a movie called Janie together, which is amazing that Roberta's in. Um, but they started making films. And since it's 1970, it's like the cusp era that we call for uh, softcore and hardcore porn, because at the time you still couldn't really get away with showing hardcore without getting arrested um, in theaters. But while they were shooting Bacchanal, um, they went to the theater to see um, a movie called Mona by Howard Zeem and were shocked when they went to see it because there was hardcore sex in it and no one was shutting the theater down. So they were like, shit, all right, we have to do this. So they went back to their cast, all of whom said, mm, no, but uh, you can pretend it's me if you want. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie uh, is based loosely on Fellini's Juliet of the Spirits because Lemma Mara was so obsessed with uh, Fellini at large, but especially that movie. And that's where the idea for this was born, um, was him going to see that movie over and over. Uh, and then trying to come up with something they could turn into porn. So that's where it started. Um, but yeah, and there's a, you know, people often compare it to Dante's Inferno, which there's definitely some of that going on here. But I think Juliet of the Spirits is a good way to think about this thing. Um, it's about a 
woman who um, basically, I guess, is disassociating or stepping outside of her own body to deal with the trauma of either having had sex with her brother growing up before he went to Vietnam, um, or maybe they didn't, um, but it's her working out, working through his death, through this weird uh, out-of-body experience. Yeah. What did you guys think? <laughs> I, um, so I've never de dedicated like any amount of time to like gothic porn. So watching these all, these films, I was like, it, it, they're very, this one in particular, super stylized and surreal. I love the, I loved the um, kind of color changes that happen on the film, just like the tints and yeah, this, this, I'm reading about it. Um, like what kept coming up was Dante's Inferno. But as soon as you said, Julia of the spirits, I was like, okay, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. And I mean, she is like, you know, traveling to different realms or levels or whatever, which I guess is Dante's Inferno ish. But yeah, I, I thought this was really strong throughout i think it kind of lagged in the final act but but i think like the examination of the i mean very very vague examination of whatever happened whatever trauma happened um is is fascinating in the way that it's dealt with in uh, a very explicit and also kind of abstract sequences i see the the intellectual comparisons with Juliet of the Spirits. This is the Z grade uh, budget version of Juliet yes. of the Spirits. <laughs> none of the money that Juliet of the Spirits had behind to do these dazzling camera work, but it is a, I, I, yeah, I think it's pretty charming little amateurish uh, film in that way. It kind of reminds me of, uh, I, was, I think I was saying outside the music box the other night, but it kind of reminded me of that early Orson Welles uh, film, Too Much Johnson. Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. not just because people are climbing fire escapes for most of the fucking runtime, but <laughs> you know, it's yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I as with most of these porns, I'm gonna have a very similar retort to it's uh it's nice to see inventiveness come through the shoddy amateurism and uh and low budget. So I would mm -hmm. say this one is uh is particularly interesting. And yeah, I like the silent film tinting. Yep. Because they, they shot everything black and white, except for those like color flashes of the blood, because they didn't have enough money for color film. So then they just hand tinted all the black and white. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was it was interesting. I'm sad that it won't play on the big screen now. I mean, I think a lot of people would have <sighs> I because yeah. I agree with Olivia. It falls apart towards the I mean, it's like there's yeah. only so much ingenuity they can oil this uh yep thing up with so but i think the last five minutes come back together um, yes yeah i agree once yeah basically once uh because i mean i guess spoilers for the whole day we're just going to talk about these movies so um but uh no one's going to be able to find them to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> um once she once she gets to hell or what looks like hell um once that happens then the movie really comes back to life again i think because yeah the energy's crazy and the soundtrack really ramps up. The music is really stellar in this one. Um, and then the the actual ending is so odd to me because I love that when she 
makes it back, you know, out of this hell or whatever, <laughs> after those boys get theirs. Um, she gets back into bed, like joins her body. And then we just hear the actual news report that was on the radio that day to end it. And it's really fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Very, very interesting. I like, yeah, I loved that choice. Um, it kind of coming back to, um, kind of this grounded reality of mm -hmm. now after it's been so, so far removed for the entire runtime. I don't know if you guys agree, but part of why I was so excited for this to be playing too at the theater, I think this is a great first movie for people. If you haven't gone into the realm of like adult films at large, but especially the horror stuff, um, because since it's like in that cusp time, the sex is not super graphic or gynecological, um, you know, it's pretty low key. So if you haven't watched any porn before and you're interested, I think this is a good one. Yeah. It also has like a heart to it, despite, you know, the yes. sexual nature, you know, you feel you feel for the character. Yeah, it's interesting because it's not played for, it doesn't feel like it is inherently because it sells tickets to pornos to have incest, but right. it's not played for that at all. It's just that melancholy instead, like this poor lady, life was yeah. really hard and now she's sad because her brother's gone and like can't be aroused, I guess, without her brother. Hey. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, this is, it's a, it's a definitely a sweeter side of incest compared to the, uh, the king of incest who we'll get to. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll get yeah. to some incest later. That's not as uh not as friendly, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> as, as this one. Um, but yeah, no, this is just a cool, it's a very cool movie. Um I'm yeah, curious low, how many, yeah. I'm curious how many penises you can identify in the next movie. <laughs> well, the next one's the, the next one's a little tougher, but I know a couple of them. <laughs> Couple a couple of the peens. Don't worry. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we can go to the next one. John's new favorite movie ever. Um, this one. Yeah, I'm very excited. So this is uh, a movie called The Destroying Angel from 1976. Um, it's directed by Peter DeRome, who's one of the until very recently only pornographers who has been like celebrated. Um Quite a bit like the bfi restored his films oh, wow. and uh put out a book about him that's really good and helped pay for a documentary about him that's really good um i love listening to interviews with this dude though because he couldn't sound more like a snotty british guy <laughs> it's it's amazing he's so serious and like so uh dramatic about all of this so it's really fun and there's lots of interviews you can listen to um but this dude had already been, this was his last movie. Um, so he had kind of gotten famous with his wonder, probably his masterpiece, Adam and Eve. Um, but he was big in the world of uh, gay, typically all male cast um, pornos uh, at the time. And he got obsessed with um, a picture of Edgar Allan Poe that you see in the movie, because I guess it was just behind him at his writing station. And he was like, that. that's where we need to start. He also looks a lot like him, which is weird. Um, but yeah, so he reread uh, William Wilson, the Edgar Allan Poe short, and basically was like, okay, this is cool. So I'm going to take nothing from it except these two twin dudes who are having a hard time. I'm going to make them one person who's, <laughs> uh, you know, split between themselves. 
And then he combined it with, oh my God, the sources on so many of these porno movies are funny, but he read The Sacred Mushroom and The Cross, which is a, a great book if you want to put your tinfoil hat on about Jesus um, and that a bunch of dudes way back when took mushrooms and came up with the idea of Jesus and wrote the Bible. Um, so that's what that book's about. It's pretty sick. And then another one, uh, that one's John Allegro. And then the other one by R.G. Wasson is called Soma, Divine Mushroom of Immortality. Um, it's pretty dry, but uh, I only read that book when I was young because I loved The Smashing Pumpkins so much. And I was like, what is a Soma? And so I guess when I heard that song, uh, but that's the source for this movie, um, kind of. <laughs> it's all of those things coming together. Uh, so yeah, basically it's about a dude who um, was a priest, but took a sabbatical uh, because he's having thoughts that he can't stop. And his thoughts are gay stuff and mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> and so we meet him um, basically like as he's having this kind of wild meltdown, trying to figure out what he can do with his life. Um, and I think there's a really interesting one especially in the realm of these gothic horror porno movies because it does something i love like i love nice sex in porno movies too but my favorite is when sex is the scary thing and sex is what is horrifying and this is one of my favorite bummer jams uh for that um and peter durham talked about that a lot he said i get tired of porno films that are just about how hot sex is he's like because usually most he said if you ask anyone and they're honest most of their sex interactions in their life are disappointing at best if not terrible most of the time uh so he said i wanted to make a movie that that's true showed, like sex is mostly disappointing <laughs> it's just the same that's kind of the vibe i got it's like there's usually no surprise <laughs> it's yeah. like you know what's gonna uh, happen that's fucking <laughs> yep uh, and and as often happens in especially gay porn films at the time, because they were so underground still, um, the music is amazing. So if you like uh, fucking Jade Warrior or Brian Eno or Pink Floyd, you get a lot of all three of them. I mean, this- they're just lifting tracks from <laughs> another green world and yep. putting them in there. But yep. yeah, so it's good. I love it because nobody nobody was seeing them like who would have told those bands so they never got sued um but before we get too much into it because I'm just excited to hear what y'all think of this one uh I I think this this is probably the most like effective horror of of the bunch um just the way that the sex scenes are filmed and and those like you were saying those being the horrific aspect of the film um it's it's very uh it it took me it took me off guard in a in a good way i loved this one um but yeah just just kind of this claustrophobic like um kind of uh scratching at the walls not able to escape your own mind and thoughts and and ultimately indulging in them um the 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 vibe of it is is pretty phenomenal and super acute and yeah it 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 it's sad too it's a it's a sad yeah. one yeah. yeah it's a sad one um but uh, i mean it and it looks gorgeous like the the sex scenes are just a to- the way they're lit is beautiful yeah yeah i was i was really really surprised by this one i i loved it a lot 
very sad, very, very much, uh, very much a bummer, like you said. <laughs> My favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, I won't rain on the parade. I'll just let you guys enjoy it. <laughs> what? Were you not? You're not a fan. But do you like really? Do you really think it's like not good, yeah. or did you just not like? You know. No, I, I don't care about gay stuff. I mean, I love beach. Oh, no, that's not, that's not what I mean. <laughs> oh, you cut out. I didn't know what you said. I was like, no, no, no. I just said, I just said, do you not, do you not like think it's a well made film or is it like you just didn't enjoy the experience? I'm just curious. Well, it's probably to the strength of what you all were saying. It was my issues with it. I mean, I don't, I think that some of the sex scenes are lit really well. I think for like a, for a, uh, a clearly no budget movie you know, they're doing what they can. I, I mean, it's just, uh, there's kind of that amateurish freewheeling attitude to stuff of that time that usually rings a little kind of like, maybe I've just seen too much of it lately, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I just like, there's, there's an amblingness that borders on kind of like the stuff really just kind of being an interesting curiosity, like, I don't know. I, 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 it, to me, it was definitely worth watching, especially if you're into stuff like this, but I guess if I have to weigh it in comparison to the next three films we're going to talk about, I guess, personally, I found those way more affecting, but I, I, I love that. I love that no budget. Yeah. Freewheeling attitude to like, let's just make this thing and just uh, infuse it with this, uh, deliriously homosexual energy so <laughs> that should be a quote on the poster deliriously homosexual <laughs> yeah the way i describe it um but no um, it, yeah it's not like i would say it's poorly made i mean it's it's made with the constraints of its uh with its budget clearly but well i think it would help to again because these first two that we're talking about are two that are still not available in any semblance of like high quality yeah. And I do think both of them, it would make them even more intense and affecting if, you know, once they are restored um, or seeing them in a theatrical setting. Because, um, I mean, I'm biased, like, with this one for sure, because I just relate to it so much with Jesus upbringing and all of that shit. Like, the, and I, uh, it's just the combo, too, because I love the stilted dialogue, because, like, gay, low-budget gay porn films at this time especially are not known for their acting. Um but I think when someone's smart, like Peter Jerome with this one, he uses it and encourages it because it just makes everything feel that much more unnatural. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I feel like the character's whole thing is he's, he finds no feeling, no joy, no nothing in life, except if it's sexual. But that also doesn't work. That pulls him outside of his body as well. So it feels like he's someone living completely outside of himself and is never grounded. And so the stilted dialogue, I think, works in its favor, you know? For and sure. Then we, and then when we get to the sex stuff, thankfully there's not much dialogue. Um, so you can really just swim in it. And I think it's like accurately describes what it's like to try to live taking too many mushrooms all the time also. <laughs> the world starts to feel really unnatural, you know? Yeah. Like it, it stops being fun. Everything's really dark and weird and confusing and you hear voices and shit. So. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I think, uh, especially like the, the ending, I think perfectly lines up with what you're saying about 
uh, all of, you know, the shame or whatever you're feeling religion based is coming from yourself. I mean, when he attacks himself in the mirror and it's, you know, ends up being him very sad and very, I don't know. There's just something palpable about this and potent about the way that it's kind of, it's fragmented and kind of ambling, like you were saying, John, um, but in a way that I think is very effective and, and lends itself to kind of the horror of being in maybe this like liminal space of um, not knowing yourself or, or what's going on with your life or even in the present moment to moment. Um, and yeah, I, I, I really liked that about it. Um, and it kind of leaves the viewer in this like very suspended base of this film. I just want to shout out the editor and then I will, I promise we can move on because John's going to get excited for this next one. I'm going to fall asleep, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just real quick. The, so the dude who cut this movie, Bob Alvarez, also worked with Jack DeVoe, who made like Sex Magic and Drive, Fire Iron Lovers, like some of the best gay porno films. But I love this dude because he was friends with Scorsese and Thelma Schoonmacher because they all edited and shot Woodstock together. They were part of that like massive team. Oh. And he was really seeped in 60s experimental films. That's how he met Marty and Schoonmacher. Um, and then as soon as they got finished editing Woodstock, he started working in like sex films. But everything he works on has that kind of crazy, you know, experimental cutting to it. Um, it. He's just amazing. Yep. All right, John. He's excited. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, I'd probably just one of the best fucking movies ever, uh, let alone adult. This movie rules. Roger Watkins' um, Corruption from now 1903. We're, now we're getting somewhere here. Let's, yes. Let's so this go. is the brilliant motherfucker who made uh, Last House on Dead End Street and a couple of years before this one. Her name was Lisa. Also, eventually, American Babylon. Truly one of the greats in the world of adult cinema. Um, and following suit for the influences that are so big for these movies. Um, Roger Watkins says the influence for this one is Wagner's Das Rheingold. Um, and so that's where they start uh, with yeah. this film. Um, but this is like a who's who of everyone who fucking rules uh, in the world of porno, like behind the camera and in front, because Jamie Gillis, of course, the MVP of the world, uh, George Payne, who plays Alan in this, <laughs> just amazing, and then Samantha Fox and Vanessa Del Rio, everybody, um, but this is a movie that I guess sort of is loosely a little, feels a little film noir-ish in its plotting, um, just to get it started. Uh, but it's about a dude who seemingly was, a, you know, basically about to have his big break as a businessman finally and be successful and then got himself in with some people and he has to get out of it. And that's the that's the gimmick here. But this fucking movie. <laughs> well, it's it really addresses the idea, I think, of uh, kind of I mean, it is about the corrupting influence of this kind of whatever he's this. uh I don't know what you want to say this Faustian bargain he's he's uh, attempting to make but it uh, I think the effectiveness of this movie is it less I mean it's funny that he says he compares it to Wagner's ring cycle yeah. it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> but um, it's it's really effective in the sense of uh, the corrupting influence, I think, of sex on the mind and body, because obviously the deal he makes is he has to renounce love. So he's sort of put through these the opening, these different rooms he has to go into sort of confronting, I think, um, on a very deep psychological, maybe subconscious level, certain things that have been holding him back it feels like a man uh it doesn't really make reference to it explicitly but it feels like a man on the edge of a like a loving relationship or a marriage kind of unsure do, do i do i as freud said cathect every sexual feeling towards my partner or am i better suited for just a world of meaningless encounters and searching for that and I love movies like that. I hate and I hate movies like Shame. So I, uh, I fucking hey, that's a good movie. God damn, that's yeah. one. if you if you want to see what Shame thinks it's doing, watch Corruption. Totally, and also Roger Watkins is more of a filmmaker than that fucking asshole. <laughs> Take the art installation, pal. But um. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, you know, obviously Roger Watkins was enough of a, a a visionary filmmaker for Otto Preminger to gift him a Bolex camera to shoot Last House on Dead End Street. So that's that says all you need to know. And we don't need to go into that movie, but I think how that sort of dovetails with this idea of porn and sex and sort of a corrupting idea of sex, uh, taking the positivity out of sex i think side by side it's they work wonderfully together and it's no wonder that if you have the blu-ray release of corruption you can dick around in the special features and find the hidden link to last house on dead end street mm -hmm. in there but um what do you think olivia uh this was probably my favorite of of the bunch uh yeah very um very noirish, not not in plot, obviously, but just kind of well, a little bit in plot, but in tone for sure. Um, and yeah, just kind of this palpable. Um, I don't want to say like fear of sex, but uh, maybe a like like he's he has this quandary of you know he's made to give up intimacy or love um so i think that there's this this i don't know it's hitting up against this wall of accepting that or or spurning it and it it has kind of this very like hazy dreamlike um looseness to it um it actually reminded me like a little bit of lost highway yeah in how it deals in this movie yeah yeah how it deals with like the the various characters and kind of the loose sense of who is who also love the love the uh each colored room matching the lingerie set that the woman is wearing i'm gonna if i ever have a house that's that's happening um, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh this is also a sad one i mean they're all sad but yeah, I feel uh, in this bunch but that's okay <laughs> 
Sorry. Um, well, next next the next time we have you on for more of these, I'll at least put in something like the bride's initiation or something, so we can have some giggles. And it's not okay. Just- no, I mean I'm 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 down for the bad vibes. I lo- I love it. I live here, so um, yeah. I I I I loved it. I I loved um, the relationship of him and his bro- brother. Was it his yeah. brother? Okay. Yeah. C- couldn't couldn't really tell, but like. Again, that's neither here nor there. Um, there's a great line in this um, when they're watching the the woman dance, and he meets them in the bar, and um, the brother says, "I'd drink a mile of piss to see her pussy." Beautiful. Amazing. That's our that's <laughs> so true right there. Yeah. Isn't that how we all want someone to look at us? <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> he means it too. It's really yeah, better. Better PP for me in that mouth. Yeah. It's just, I think, too, like part of the the power of this film, um, especially the more I come back to it, because I saw this one pretty early in like the journey of watching, um, you know, like horror porno movies or whatever. And I loved it then and it was striking then. But now, having gone through so many of them in the golden age, right, this is things are winding down for porn people in 1983. Like it's not as it's still going, but it's not as much of like truly a, you know, a, a money, money, constant money wheels. It was in the seventies. And so this is a lot of people, like we said at the beginning, so many stalwarts of the whole scene are in this film together and they're all fucking tired. Clearly yeah. tired. Cause he seems like he can barely stay hard through most of the movie. Like there's yeah. a, there's a semi-erectness to uh, every shot of his penis. It's like yep. he Which is, is not typical for him. It's also like I wonder how many cum shots he had to do in a day because I gotta say he's shooting out meager numbers. Every- <laughs> but you know, the- he's just oh my god! I want to shout out the the um, cinematographer too, Larry Ravine, because this movie is fucking stunning. Of course. Um, this is how you like God. If I was teaching a class on low budget filmmaking, I would show them this movie and be like, "Look what they did for zero money. It's better than every A twenty four movie that like supposedly swims in style." You know, like it's just amazing. But the dude who shot it, uh, basically all your favorite pornos, if you think of them that look amazing, he shot them because he did like Henri Pichard stuff, so public affairs. He also shot Barbara Bart Barbara Broadcast for um radley metzger shot devil and miss jones part two like just amazing stuff this guy was so it's like this is kind of the darker version of like maraschino cherry for radley metzger at this point and yes all kind of like take place in hotel like in apartment buildings they all kind of have a very similar sheen to them Mm -hmm. yeah 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 if you okay so our listeners well you should still watch this movie because it's quite good but if you need your vibes brought up pop on maraschino cherry right after and just remember yeah. sex doesn't have to be a never-ending nightmare and, yes uh, metzger's a good metzger's a good thing to balance when you start going into world of sex films because he did not like super dark stuff very often um so his films especially one with jamie gillis in the ending um he makes i would say very sex positive celebratory movies most of the time um so when you're watching uh, Watkins movies, this or her name was Lisa or any of them, and you feel like <laughs> you're just gonna die. Pop on some, <laughs> pop on some Metzger. He'll pick you right back up. Pop on some Metzger, and honestly, this is not as horrifying 
for the Jamie Gillis uh, world as his on the prowl series. So right there, it's uh, less dark than that. So yeah, he did a lot darker movies. There's one called that Winter. Concept Peace. of the of the fucking on the prowl series is it feels so fucking <laughs> immoral and evil. But, what is it? What is it? I don't know th- about this. Tell so me. You've seen uh, you've seen Boogie Nights, right? Yes. Okay, so you go to the scene where they have Roller Girl and they pick the guy up in the car. That's what. And I know Jamie Gillis thought that the depiction of that made it seem so like bad, but it's like you just have to watch the On the Prowl series to see how these people are treated, and then it's. Oh God. Okay. I think there was a lot of cocaine use mm-hmm. happening. People mm-hmm. try to make a lot of excuses for that series. And what could have been a hot idea is pretty uh, pretty gross on screen yeah. how some of these people are treated. But Well, it's that, it's that exhaustion again. And honestly, On the Prowl makes me think of The Destroying Angel mm-hmm. uh, because – and it was a thing with Jamie Gillis. He didn't talk about it because he didn't talk about anything. But his friends now especially – talk about his sadness and his inability to never stop fucking everyone. He he just compulsively all day, every day, like whether they're shooting a movie or not. And that's what people always said. They're like, he's one of the only porn stars who had just as much sex when we weren't shooting a movie as he did when we were, because yeah. he couldn't stop. Um, Long Jean Silver tells a story about him where she was like, he was really nice and he was really interesting, but you could see it like in his eyes and that he didn't want it either, but everyone he met. And she even said too, she was like more men than you would expect. Women were his favorite, but truly everyone he met, he couldn't stop thinking about just fucking them. So he couldn't hold conversations like, yep. It's wild, wild. But this movie too, like also the, the, the editing and all of it is amazing, but that last 15 minutes, um, absolute masterpiece level in my opinion of like sound design and editing and sequence of events it's fucking crazy (laughs) it's it's true like powerhouse filmmaking it's fucking nuts like it really if you know people say it all the time but if the if the world of janice films was actually about celebrating all of the you know strongest filmmakers around they would put shit out like this because it just is like this is magic filmmaking uh yeah, yeah, all of the elements come together and and create something truly something that like I wanted I immediately want to go back and watch again because it's so engaging and so uh, distinct in um the mood that it creates um and uh and and beautiful to look at and yeah um it's it's truly just like w- one of probably one of the best things i've seen this year it's it's so good yeah well it's and you know not to shit on the previous two but this is what happens when real filmmaking is put on display and you know it's not you know people like to say like oh you need money for that you need the right camera you know they clearly did not have a large budget for this movie so i think like it's it just talent movie. it's truly a display of talent to make porn like this elevate to that above this freewheeling amateurism which most porn is subjected to and i understand why people like that but this is like if you really want to go see how fucking powerful this shit can be i mean corruption is a great place to start and if you watch this and you're like okay that was pretty dark but i'm not as sad as i had hoped to be then follow it up with the movie he made before this her name was lisa 
because that has it's amazing but one of the <laughs> darkest endings of them all it's we beautiful. don't yeah, we don't need to go into that. Indeed, right? Oh, I know. We're not. We've got them on the ropes right now. I think they're interesting. <laughs> so, yep. You know, it just, right. it, it does away with the excuse that porn is usually sloppily made to get to the fucking. This is a guy who clearly had something more on his mind than cum shots. So, Hi, highest of recommendations. And for you nerds out there, it will be out of print soon from Vinegar Syndrome. So right. buy it while, buy it while you can. Good to know. Yeah, you know, it's it's good. Plus, you get Last House on Dead End Street in there. So perfect. Two yep. for one. All right. We're gonna take quite a 180 from what we've been talking about. Hey, you you do your so, intro. I'm just gonna run to the restroom. Yeah. Uh so next up, we are gonna talk about one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> um, this is uh directed by Andrea Bianchi, um, who I assume a lot of our listeners have seen. Uh Something like Strip Nude for Your Killer, a very uh, famous in the world of sleaze giallo. <laughs> um, Andrea Bianchi was one of the uh, biggest maniacs, uh, I would say, of the Italian schlockmeisters. Because um, he just really loved to try to one-up himself alongside everyone else with everything that he did. Um, but why... I love him so much and why he's relevant in this as well is he's not still, he's still, he's not often talked about um, in the realm of Gothic horror. And I think that's a mistake because that's where everything he does is coming from. Even when the movies themselves are not Gothic necessarily, um, they all have that energy and a lot of the plot points, even something like burial ground um, (laughs) has like Gothic energy, despite being such a gonzo um, zombie affair. Uh, but this one, Malabimba the Malicious Whore, <laughs> um, is usually like if you look up, you know, dumb lists of like coolest non exploitation movies or whatever, this one is on there, um, which it shouldn't be. So I guess that's where I want to start the conversation is this is not a non exploitation movie at all. It has Anne Nunn in it who is exploited, <laughs> but uh, it's a it's a gothic movie. Uh, that's also just to add to it, it is set in the same castle that they shoot Bloody Pit of Horror in, uh, Licorice Quartet, also for more Radley Metzger. This incredible. Now, there's a movie. Castle. Now, we're, that's a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they shoot it in the same castle. Um, and this is a. This one's important to talk about in the conversation, too, because this is the only movie we're talking about today that. Um, uses uh hardcore inserts that were were not made by the people who made the movie to be able to sell it well um, except for one scene i think but we can get yes that. there's one real scene yeah <laughs> the, the, the cinematographer likes to say that he wasn't there but oh. oh pal you were there you were watching that uncle get his dick sucked yeah well <laughs> you can also tell well yeah. in the world of inserts you know people are not going to put in the time and money to match the lighting perfectly, let alone skin tone, let alone, you know, even fucking blocking. So you can always tell when an insert is being used. That scene, that's not the case. <laughs> and yeah, and in addition to what you're saying of like this has elements of the nun exploitation movies, there's elements of gothic horror. It's also an exorcist ripoff. You yep. get, you know, it's like it's coming off of Exorcist, it's coming off of Beyond the Door. And yeah, it's really everything kind of thrown at the wall for this movie. I would expect nothing less from Bianchi. I mean, what a a fucking maniac. 
So, so this movie. The guy who felt that I need to take my zombie movie and insert uh, basically a little person into the role of a seven-year-old and have him try to finger his mother through the whole movie. For what reason? I don't know. It's awesome. I I truly don't. It's awesome. It It makes zero sense. You're like. He like I love I, I I'm so obsessed with Bianchi because he's one of the rare people who I think doesn't think through his instincts and his <laughs> ideas. But every once in a while you get someone like that where in my opinion it works and it comes together in something that again, I'm not here to pretend there's a lot that's trying to be said or some big ideals. He just the way he makes his soup it does become like just really, really insane. And I think contagious when he's on and especially this one, cause the, it has my favorite seance scene in any movie to kick this movie off. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. The ghost is just like ripping clothes off of people and like, like fucking, yeah, Big, it's just oh. reach arounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and also I'm forgetting her name, but one of Fellini's favorite regulars, um, she stars as the medium in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who knew Fellini was going to come up so much today, but <laughs> uh, she's in it. She's amazing. But so the movie kicks off and we see this fucking unreal seance sequence. That's just off the charts. And uh, basically we learn this, this demon spirit um, has been taken out of this woman and then tries to take over a different woman who <laughs> the devil like forces her to masturbate <laughs> against the wall. It's a, another crazy sequence. He loves wind. So like everything feels really propulsive in the uh, Bianchi world, um, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work. And in one of my favorite choices he ever made, basically, if we were in the demon's head, it seems like the demon is like, ah, this one's too hard. I'm going to go uh, instead possess this mechanical toy dog and make this girl masturbate with it. So that can be my new, <laughs> new body. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, what did you, did the, did the, the Bianchi spell work for you, Olivia? What do you, uh, what do you think like watching some of this? It was definitely the most like, the the most gothic of 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 the the ones um i love the castle uh i love the slow like zooms very like telenovela-esque yeah um (laughs) which i thought worked for the 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 you know the tone um i I, I see I don't know like if it worked for me because I didn't get a chance to fully fully get into this one but I did like all of the did love the nun stuff loved the nun oh, stuff very yeah. good and <laughs> the uncle stuff was very weird <laughs> love love that she's carrying around a toy like practically the entire film yeah it's also com- completely boneheaded like this has to be one of the dumbest movies because it's like it's it's it really kind of swims in its visuals for me i'm I'm kind of with you i like this movie to a certain degree but i i i don't love it because i i do um i do like the gothic trappings of it i think the castle setting is is great a you know it always helps enliven these kind of Mm, how do I put this mid-tier sort of films? But 
there i don't know not like i want to constantly to like bang the drum for cinematic uh depictions of this but it is one of these like goofy sweaty italian dude movies that truly like the man like bianca might fear female sexuality run too rampant like it's it, it does feel a little backwards i yeah. mean exploitation movies who get fucking what do you expect but i don't know it, it's it's there's less of a kind of a liberated feel and there's kind of a weird like conservative feel mm-hmm. to the uh the antics of this woman that i wish was not the case because mm-hmm. it does seem like bianchi fears a woman who might give multiple blowjobs in a day <laughs> which we should celebrate said woman but you know we love you malabimba you can come be free in our yeah world. yeah i wish malabimba were just allowed to be malabimba you know but it's like i kind of i kind of think about why why i love him so much because i actually agree with you i have no idea about his personal politics but i agree um that his movies do have a weird conservative edge um especially killer especially absolutely but i mean even like who saw her die like there's a lot of you know there's a lot of fucking um of that in his movies but for me it's kind of like he didn't do who saw her die no which one am i thinking of uh i don't don't know what is it called uh it doesn't matter um yeah yeah. w whatever um He, to me, is kind of like when I was a youngster, like getting into lots of different punk music. Um, and it was, and don't worry, I'm not comparing the craft here, but it was like when I found out that my favorite band ever, Bad Brains, were very conservative. And that they were, especially once, um, you know, they were fully in uh, Rastafarian mode about gay people um, who made a huge part of their audience, you know. But Bianchi in the same way still, because if I put on a Black Flag out al- or I mean on a, a Bad Brains album, I still, you know, want to run through a wall and light banks on fire. But knowing, you know, their politics, Bianchi makes me feel a little bit like that. Um, even though, again, his movies are not meant to say anything, but the exuberance of them and the energy feels like a really good, a little bit too long but a really good fucking punk album that you can just throw on when you need like a boost. <laughs> that's what, that's why that's why I love his shit. Yeah, he's Gonzo. It's a weird dude. <laughs> yep, yep. He's a maniac. But this, if you like, if you are like me and you uh, squeal with delight at gleeful incest in your movies, then this is the one. Because watching Bimba, well, Mal Bimba at that point. Um, you know, try to fuck her uncle is the greatest one of my favorite scenes. With that, the tears coming down is like paralyzed face. And the sequence, there's just so uh even with, with his with his conservatism uh acknowledged, I do love how much he loves to shit on fucking lame dudes who can't fuck. There's a great sequence with her aunt at the beginning where she tries to fuck everyone else and everyone says no, so she goes back to her husband and <laughs> The only way, because, you know, it's Italian gothics. We got to have a little S&M in there. So she wants to be pushed around a little. Uh, but then they, they, she just makes fun of him that he can't even, like, you know, choke her properly or slap her properly. And then they fuck, but he comes instantly. And she's like, oh, is that all you got? <laughs> that all you fucking got? And just makes fun of him and then grabs his hand <laughs> so she can masturbate. <laughs> I just I'm such a sucker for like that that kind of like over the top uh you know dumb like 
dumb like subdued ridicule <laughs> yeah sure anyway. made me appreciate our franco movies a lot more <laughs> yes this yep. is a movie if you want to see franco done non-franco Malibu. <laughs> all the elegance of franco stripped away yeah yeah malabimba is yeah. for you um and everyone should all, if you do like this movie if franco's too intellectual <laughs> yeah if you're thinking too much switch to bianchi <laughs> there's too much of your brain moving <laughs> slow it down all right well we are now gonna finish on uh one of not again not just an adult world but this this one's in my top 20 movies so i'm really excited um to talk about this um, I remember bringing this up to John, like one of the first times we hung out and probably every day since, cause I don't shut up about this movie. Uh, I so. wish you would, but I get it. <laughs> it's, it's a good movie. <laughs> um, so we're going to bring it back from the first movie where Roberta was, by the way, when Roberta started, she ran away from home and she was 16 and married Michael Finlay, uh, much to her parents' chagrin, and just dived right into this crazy fucking world. But anyway, we get to 1977. This is one of the movies that belongs firmly in the category of 77 movies that came out in 77 that are better than Star Wars. Um, this is called A Woman's Torment. Um, we're going to talk about the hardcore version, of course. There's a softcore version, too, which I used to prefer, but that has very much changed now. Um, but this is about... A woman who, uh, whose family, I guess, in theory, they're pretending they care about her and uh, they want to take care of her after she has had a mental break. So she's basically like kept in the attic <laughs> uh, while these, uh, uh, you know, these fucking straight lace yuppies um, live a boring life. So she runs away to a place on the uh, on the seaside um, to get away from everyone. That's where we start. It's um, Tara Chung, uh, astonishing performance. It's uh, it's too good. This movie makes me cry a lot because she is too good in this. It's too believable. Um, but yeah, this was the way Roberta talks about it is she says she wanted to make a love letter to uh, Polanski, um, especially at that time. Uh, but this is her love letter to Repulsion in particular is what she says. So well, that, I, I did so, not see the comparisons, the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, a little bit, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, well, you're telling me this was influenced by Repulsion, huh? Little, just a little, just yeah. a little. Yeah. But yeah. So this movie, um, yeah. I mean, if you want to, you want to dive in. <laughs> this, this one also made me cry emotionally horrific is, is how I would, classify it just yeah um yeah uh un unreal lead performance um and um the the scene that particularly made me like weep was when after she's she's so she's she runs away to the seaside town and then she's basically she's raped um by the sky and there's a scene where there's like a visitor that that crazy woman with the the, the glasses. Mrs. Blenko. Um, yes, thank you. Yes, uh, no knocks on the door, and um, this is kind of like immediately afterwards, and she's just kind of she's 
not kind of, she's completely disassociated and it's filmed in uh, like such a realistic, like way you could just feel her shutting down in that moment and, and not able to even interact or process like what's happening in, in the moment. Um, Cause she's just lived through this horrible trauma um, while she's trying to recover from a mental breakdown. And it's just like, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the zeroing in on her face and her expression in that moment is just like so shocking and um, devastating. Um, and that, that, yeah, that, that whole sequence in particular is, 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 is really effective and God damn, this movie is just so sad. <laughs> It's so, so sad. Oh my God. I was not expecting it. And, um, and yeah, just, just really, really, really devastating and, and emotionally horrific. And also balances that with also this kind of uh, over the top illustration of, uh, the, the, the yuppie family that, doesn't you it doesn't bring a lightness to it it kind of hammers home just how how alone she is and and how isolated um she is as someone who is i guess not a a piece of shit <laughs> not like a a vapid you know human being yeah like the cartoonishness um balanced with this the sadness in her is 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 quite quite stunning yeah this is a movie that i agree believe it's like the beginning i mean just from the get-go this movie is sad mm-hmm. with uh, the husband i mean when she said the opening scene with the husband and wife having sex and then she's like oh you just masturbated in me we didn't even have sex and his yeah. belittling of her on the bed i mean it it really sets the tone for a really sad no one's gonna help you or give you a hug sort of vibe and um it really reminded me a lot, um, and I wonder if this was an influence for her. It, it reminds me a lot of not necessarily the movie, but the novel The Haunting of Hill House by Shirley Jackson. Yeah. It has sort of mental decline going on and everything around them, like the family and everything that there's kind of these humorous passages. They don't they're not humorous because it just makes you feel worse for this character and her trappedness and so like that character in the shirley jacks novel you know they have to go isolate themselves somewhere a haunted house of whatever degree and just Mm -hmm. basically have a mental breakdown in there and yeah it's like the the nastier hardcore hardcore ish version of like uh like Robert Altman's images, it's just mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you can just feel the fracturing of the the psyche kind of bending and breaking. It shows this uh, this fragile mind in a way that like extends to the wife's traumas at the beginning. Like they just kind of all coalesce into this one character, and it does feel like the other side of corruption, the side we didn't see of. The how the women are reacting to these guys that you know are acting this way, and it's yeah, it's just oh yeah, it's just a fucking sad ass movie. I'm glad we ended it on this one. This is a good. <laughs> oh. 
It's so good. And uh, I just, I think, because I love, you know, I mean, how psychotic women always love. And even when they're bad, I love them. But this to me is just the the way that she edits and uses the score and uses the fucking birds also, the bird sounds when she's mm-hmm. having her meltdowns. It's so upsetting, <laughs> you know, like, and it makes sense. Like there's a lot of a lot of people who have had, you know, woes such as this birds can be a very triggering thing, um, you know, so it it makes sense. But this to me is up there with the, the greats of truly forcing you into her mind, especially during those moments. So you do relate to her, um, you know, and you feel you feel this fucking pain for very real. Um, yeah, I think it's perfect for um, the character, especially as I mean, you know, she's she's experienced multiple traumas in such a short amount of time. And I think that um, it's it's a good illustration of kind of just reverting to basic survival mechanism of, you know, doing the, the most basic amount of communication possible, you know, just so as much as you can handle like what's what's also so devastating is that the way she deals with these traumas is uh you know through having sex with people keeping men around um to have sex with and there's that there's that devastating scene where she has sex with the guy and he's like oh, okay i got to go like i got to go see blah 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 who i can't remember who it was but um and she just all she can say is like, no, don't don't leave. Don't leave me alone. She can't be alone with her mind. She can't she can't keep processing that. So she she needs like this bodily, very bodily, uh, uh, physical experience of of sexuality um, to kind of wash that away. And yeah, it's it's a really it's it's one of the most, I don't know, potent films I've seen about like immediate aftermath of of trauma sexual or otherwise um and yeah extremely powerful yeah it, it feels lived in it feels like roberta and her shitty husband this feels like something that was very much swimming in her bones and when it was so this was five months i believe um before he died but they were separated they yeah. were still married but they were separated at this point when she made this movie, which is, you know, important, like you said. Um, yeah, you can feel her anxieties. Like she probably went to a seaside getaway to probably write yeah. this movie. You know, it feels like that, you mm-hmm. know, it feels very. That's what, I think that's what's part of. So what's so strong, too, is she's and wh- why it's lived in, like you said, because a lot of these kinds of movies, what you do, right, is the the setting where they go is an inherently scary thing already, right? So it's like horror movie prone. But Finlay was like, no, it's on a beach. It's this beautiful, amazing home, like, you know, just stunning right next to the water, the perfect place to heal and be okay. <laughs> Everything's bright. There's no there's no yes. darkness in this film. Um, there's no literal darkness. It's it's all coming from this this character's mind. And it's yeah, it's extremely well done. Yeah, it makes that pale light feel kind of more depressing. Mm-hmm. There's just an overwhelming, gloomy. Uh, though it's bright, it's it's it feels very downcast and very fleeting. Uh, mm-hmm. Easily one of the most depressing movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I think too, it's someone was coming back to the point of calling this a flip side of corruption too, or another, you know, piece or whatever. Uh, some people have, Roberta won't say it because of course, when she talks about her own movies, it's still always just, you're fucking sick if you like any of them. I hated them. I hate them all. You know, <laughs> she's, she's softened a little. And if you listen to the commentary for this. The real, real, real ray of sunshine that Roberta. <laughs> oh yeah. Someday, oh God, we got to do a Q&A with her. Um, but anyway, someone basically theorized because she's always been vocal about how much she did not enjoy filmmaking (laughs) you know a lot of her work and especially the the sex stuff which is why often like someone like Henri Pichard or Walter Sear would you know do the sex scenes for her um but this one is not the case at all and so it's uh, some of the biggest Findlay people that I know talk about it her being the timeline with her husband going out on her own and all of this stuff um and casting someone like Tara Chung instead of you know Vanessa Del Rio or whoever um, was still on top at the time. Um, they think it's kind of Robert, Roberta's final, just like, fuck all of you. I hated this. I hate the industry. I hate <laughs> making this kind of stuff. You know, like it, it kind of bring it back to Franco. It kind of feels a little bit um, of the exhaustion of something like Je Brule de Partout, um, where someone is that the, they've been doing this for so long and they're fucking exhausted and they've seen all these uh, women be treated in such a way, um, you know, they're just like, nah, fuck it. Here you go. This is what it's like to make <laughs> to make movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Was this her yeah. last was this her last film or what? Was, no, she no. this is the last adult one. Okay. Um, then she goes. Or that's into, what I meant. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Then she goes. Okay, it's the last adult like, film. Uh, Primeval and Lurkers and uh the Oracle and um, you know. Her last one is called Band. It was 89. So like 12 more years. Um, but is yeah, tenements before this or after? Tenements after this. Yeah, I was gonna say just her, her other brutally honest movie. Uh, I think yeah. about the world that she grew up in with that one. That's actually a really good, I think, piece to the puzzle of Woman's Torment is yeah. Tenement. Um, that one's really tough, but I think too, she played all the piano for this movie also. So that beautiful, that beautiful piano theme is all her. And then the score is Walter Sear, who, again, was her buddy. They did, like, uh, what is it, Liquid Assets together, a couple other movies. Um, but it's interesting, the the few men that were involved in this um, the one were the ones that she, you know, didn't feel this way about. Mm. And it's interesting with someone like Michael Gaunt, who's in, he's in Corruption as well. He's in a couple of movies today. But he plays the horrible, you know, handyman that comes to the house and rapes her. Yeah. Um, but that was one of Roberta's, Roberta's like really good buds. One of the few dudes she thought was above board in the industry. So it's just, I don't know. It's really, it's really interesting. Um, feels like what would be a swan song for anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Done. But uh, it's just so, it's just so beautiful while it's tragic. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, it's definitely something that I want to rewatch, but will not be doing soon. Yes, yes. To take breaks. But hey, you're going down a, a lighter, the lighter path of this movie. I mean, well, one can say lighter, but anyone but my husband is mm-hmm. a little less depressing. But that title could clue you into what you're in store for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
That one's fun. That one's that one's really fun. That'll be a that'll be a good show. Yeah, I'm excited to see it in a with an audience. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, Finley is. Yeah. I need to read the book before I want to. I want to read the entire book. Yeah. Um, which it, I th- I thought it had been out for a while, but you said it just came out like a few months ago. It's pretty recent. Okay. Yeah. Worked, I'm excited. Yeah, they about worked that. on that shit for so long. It must be huge too. Cause like any, if you go to look to even order it somewhere, like one, it's like a hundred dollars and the shipping is a lot. So it might be like throwers Franco books or something. I think it's, I think it's huge, but just excited. They got it done. Cause that's been a long, it was a long process. Yeah. Just make paperbacks, please. That That's in, to you and thrower. Just make paperbacks. No, I love it. Just people afford your books. Make both. I'm just I, both. Give me. I want that fucking tome, man. I love that shit. Okay. No, I love when all the grad students around the world can own these books and f- put them on their shelves. Whereas someone who'd really like it has to save up. Uh, but hey, that's another gripe altogether. But yep, yeah, I uh, uh, join our Patreon and buy us the Finlay's book. We'll share it. <laughs> yeah yeah we'll share it yeah will can keep it at his house but i'll <laughs> i know he'll sleep with it under his pillow every night true protected by roberta <laughs> <laughs> well what a what a first round of goth yeah. porno to to get through here and i am sure tell that, people what's going to be in the next round well we should just tell people that we're well aware that only one of these is technically gothic. That's why we're changing it to goth. This is about being goth and about feeling goth. And <laughs> they feel very goth. <laughs> I'd say I, I could give it two. Two of these are gothic. I don't uh, think so. Other, I'd give it Ma- Malabimba and uh, Bacchanal. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now well, there, we got that sorted there's uh, one castle just for all you stinkers out there who are pre-ordering all the the new severin uh, uh, set, so you know, we're, we're well aware but there will be through the looking glass coming up eventually yes. of course we're obviously not a well-oiled podcast that we keep it pretending to be or we would have just done that to promote will's upcoming show but hey we're learning we're learning. We're doing our best. And thank you, Olivia, for joining us again. Um, you know, it's yeah, fun. my my pleasure. Always. Thanks well, for come back sending for me another. all these movies and making me watch them within a few hours. It was daunting <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> Don't worry next time, because I'm just gonna send you all the other movies now before we've even planned when we're recording the next one. So then you just have them. Yeah. I guess a little teaser for folks, as John said, Through the Looking Glass will be in there. Um, Jamie Gillis's most horrifying performance outside of one that we don't need to talk about on the show. Um, and then one of the other movies is, uh, I said it to John, colloquially to the 10 people who care, it is often pitched as the gay porn Hellraiser. It's called Falconhead. Um, it's yet to be seen if we're going to talk about the first or second one. We'll okay. see. But pretty fucking sick so <laughs> sounds great yeah. looking looking very forward to it yeah get ready for when this part two happens in a year from now <laughs> <laughs> once i could just watch something just like a movie 
This is what I was telling you the other day. I was like having my, I was like, I can't watch these fucking movies. I need a break from Franco. You know, yeah. well, we, it's also just, good, uh, just to be grounded yeah. with humanity again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because everyone, of course, all the time, like festival season and just movies coming out again every day when I'm now forced to be out in the world for this month, people are like, oh my God, did you see this, 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 and this yet? And I've like, I was seeing, I've seen zero movies that are not just Franco or pornographic in the last <laughs> two months. So, <laughs> You poor boys. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a also lot. to our listeners, please don't ask anymore. I've had people ask if I've seen the new Exorcist. I haven't, and I'm not going to. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll watch it, but yeah. I'm not going to watch that. Yeah, know? fuck that. I have way yeah. more respect for my time. Yeah. <laughs> that's why fuck. that's why I watch those things and like do all the American Pie sequels because I do not have respect for myself or my time. So that's why we're a good team. Yep, oh, yep, that's right. Yep. He's the trash man over there. That's right. Yeah, dig through the trash. And you know you're not going to get anything out of this. You just got to watch <laughs> that trailer and be like, oh, yeah, this looks A, like shit. <laughs> oh, they've made the same movie three times in a row already, and this will be number four, I'm sure. You heard the thing about what Ellen Burstyn's made to say about why she couldn't be in the exorcism in the first movie. Do you know this, Olivia? Yeah, yeah, okay. I do, unfortunately. Well, yeah, it's shit like that that I just – I. I you can't. I can't anymore. No, no way. Not doing it. Look, if you guys, if any of our listeners, I'm sure they don't, but if any of our listeners, if your favorite things are, uh, you know, performatively woke things like the line we're talking about or uh, Lori Lightfoot, then go see that movie and you guys can enjoy uh, the results of <laughs> that kind of, that kind of culture. We'll be yeah. over here talking about porn. So <laughs> if you're, a, if you're a soda jerk fan, find your way to <laughs> exorcist believer. And I'm sure it's, you got such a think piece on your hands there. <laughs> oh boy. I gotta do it though. Why? But why? Do no, you? don't do it. No, I have to now Olivia, because I used to. Olivia and I are starting a unified front. To bring you back from the brink, my friend. You but I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it in October because it'll push me over the edge. But I, because I, I got the screener from them. Oh well, <laughs> I have to. No, I have I to gotta watch it now that the the idiots who made it sent it to you. Now, now you've got to check. I feel bad. I feel bad. Oh my god! And that'll make you feel so much worse. So, <laughs> might as well save save your time. Let's just say this, Will. With everything going on in the world right now, oh, sucking down know. that movie should make you puke. So I'm sure story. it will. Go back to Australia and deal with your poisonous spider population. Okay. <laughs> which is why. Which is why, like you know, it's why, whatever. Yeah, I'll watch it. Just, this is why I love Olivia because I know Olivia is with me on this and it's like why did we spend our time watching that i 100 yeah <laughs> i was caught i was caught off guard by people telling me it was worth it so that's that's well I you made the mistake you made the mistake of seeing it with people that's true yeah <laughs> yeah never again <laughs> oh, yeah there's a real horror film for you all if you want to really feel icky about yourself and the world there's a, there's a great one but i mean i don't know like i i did i did get the vibe that like i think they might be suggesting that donald trump is bad so that's pretty cool wow that's see 
that flew right by by me when I saw it. I was just like, I guess yeah. there's subtext in there that I just way missed. Oh yeah, man, actually, shit, maybe that was what it was about. Mr. Orange Cheeto, man, he's. They did. I'm just surprised they didn't call him Donald Trump the whole fucking time. This Samantha B esque fucking humor bullshit. <laughs> Like, oh my God. No, I was just concerned. I, the most offensive aspect is that they think vaporwave aesthetics are in right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Missed the boat on that one a little mm-hmm. bit. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, cool though. Cool. I'm glad you made it all the way to your island of convicts. We got to get this in front of Soda Jerk. This would be awesome. <laughs> no, please no. Don't make me deal with it. I we need to get Soda Jerk and Hannah Gatsby on this show and let's start drilling down on these Aussies. <laughs> oh yeah, what is going on over there? That's uh they're 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 waking up, they're becoming woke in, in a way that's five years ago, I guess. Yeah. Very five years ago. It is kind of interesting. <laughs> like it's they're, like they're they're on a delay. Or oh, suddenly I was thinking about oh my god. This shit may stop. It may stop. Oh my god! I love when you do your Australian accent. It's so terrible Australian <laughs> accent. That's like the worst one I've ever heard. <laughs> All right, let's end this episode. On the on that on that note, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for watching all these movies with us. Um, yeah, and ho- hopefully, hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. We're gonna we'll be back for more. It's going to, sorry to, spoiler, the next set of movies are also dark. So. <laughs> Can't wait. Very excited. We'll have a couple months to sit on this before we go back into this. Got to cleanse our soul over here a little bit okay. with some stuff. But oh, All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, hopefully some of you have some screening soon. Um, yeah. Otherwise, uh, give us money. Give Olivia money. Give everyone in your life money who's trying to uh, do stuff that is interesting and not just about Donald Trump being bad. (laughs) This is, again, why I, you know, Will, you had it. Give us and Olivia money. (laughs) This is your guilt. You don't know what else needs money. (laughs) 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 All right. Bye, friends. (laughs) 